This podcast is presented to you by Pastor Jason Burns and Access Church in Lakeland, Florida. For more information, visit access.tv. I have a message for us this morning. I'm excited. We're in our, our message series that we've been in for a while called Romans. Everybody say Romans. Romans. Now, this is week four, and so I'm excited about this. Always honored and privileged to be able to bring the, the word on a weekend service here at Access Church. And so here's what I want to do as we begin and as we jump in. I really want to start with a recap. Here's what I know that sometimes you may miss a week or two, or perhaps you're here for the first time. And again, we're glad that you're here. you got to come back next week as well. This series is just going to keep getting better and better and better. But I want to do a quick recap because in four weeks, if you're like me, you can forget things and things slip your mind. And so I just want to kind of begin by giving us a recap. And so as we look at the book of Romans, it's located in the New Testament. So that's the books of Matthew through Revelation, and that's where this is located. But here's who we said week one was the author. It is the great apostle Paul. Everybody say Paul. Paul. He's writing, and it's incredible. He's writing to the church at Rome. We said all of this week one, and so we just want you to be up to speed with where you're at. By the way, isn't it the worst when you walk into a conversation like midway and you're just like trying to figure out everything? So that's why we're going to do some, some good old recap. The purpose of the book of Romans is this. It's spiritual clarity. So Paul was writing to them with this church, and he's like, listen, I got I to gotta make sure that some things are plain for you. Some things are clear for you, and man, we need that Today, we need some spiritual clarity, but Paul, a prolific writer, it's incredible. And then the central message, we said this week one, it is the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. And it is the gospel. And we said week one that the gospel is just good news, man. The gospel is, is for everybody. And Jesus, man, he came for everybody. I love that. He came for the down and out, the up and in, everybody in between. He came for the extroverted, the introverted, the perverted. He came for everybody. Like, you can laugh at that one. But he gave for everybody, and the gospel is good news for everybody. It's for people that look like me and don't look like me, and people that look like they're from somewhere else. It's for, the, it's for everybody, and it is good news for us. And so today we're in Romans chapter 4, and it's just going to get real good up in here. Okay, so here's what I know, and it's been said that the best examples, they inspire, they guide, and they teach us. The best examples. Now, sometimes they inspire, they guide, they teach us. They teach us what not to do, right? There's a such thing as having like a good, bad example. All of us probably could raise our hand and say, hey, we know somebody in our life that's an example of, of what not to do, right? You always have people of like, you look at them, you look at their life, you look at the way that they do life, and you say to yourself, man, I want to be just like them. And then there are people, if we're smart, we'll look at them and we'll say, you know what? I don't want to do what they do. But the best examples, they inspire, they guide, and they teach us. Man, if we had an hour today, you and I, and we sat down for a good meal. Let's say we, we sat down for steak. I can go for steak. Sometimes I like my steak well done. Please don't judge me. I'm just, it's just like that sometimes. I didn't say all the time. People are looking at me, judging. Don't judge me. Uh, but let's say just, we sat down for a steak dinner. We had one hour together. We were sharing a meal. I think what would be fascinating for me is to hear from you who has been an example to you, who has inspired you. Maybe it's to do something, maybe it's not to do something. Who has inspired you? It'd be fascinating to hear who has molded and shaped you into the person that you are today. Matter of fact, take a moment right now. Think of people in your life. Think of names and, man, what was it about them that stuck out to you? What, who, who are those people? Is it maybe a coach or a mentor, a teacher? Maybe it was your parents, grandparents, guardians, somebody like that. Maybe and maybe it was a pastor in your life, somebody that you just really looked to, and they, maybe they showed you what not to do, but maybe they showed you what to do because the best examples they inspire, 
they guide, they teach us. Man, in our world, here's the deal, in our world, there's, there's examples all around us. Man, if you're talking about musical composition, you, you cannot skip people like Mozart and Beethoven because of their music composition. Man, if you're talking about acting, athletics, there's just so many people that we revere, we respect. Why? Because they're incredible examples of hard work, endurance, perseverance, all of these, all of these things. If you're talking about art, man, you'd have to mention Da Vinci up there. If you're talking about writing plays, poetry, all that stuff, Shakespeare would be in the loop. He'd be up there, right? Because these are incredible examples. Church family, it's the same in the Bible. See, all over this Bible, this is my Bible right here. You see how crazy this thing looks? Look, there's some, I've ripped out the parts that I didn't agree with. And so that's what, <laughs> no, I'm just, I, didn't do, I didn't do that. I'm going to get in trouble. But uh, somebody's going to write me an email this week, and it's a joke. But uh, as you can see, though, for real, there are some parts written out. But I agree with them. It's just life happens. You know what I'm saying? And so my Bible doesn't even have a binding. I love this Bible. I travel with this Bible. I mean, literally like around the world. Like I just, I love this Bible. Anyone have that Bible? You know where everything is. Like you know where you've underlined things and highlighted things. And, and if not, we'll pray for you after, but it's all good. But for me, this is how it is. But my Bible is all messed up. I'm just holy. That's all I say. I'm, I'm just holy. That's it. I just, this is proof that your boy is holy. I'm trying to be. Okay. <laughs> but in your Bible, there's 1,189 chapters in your Bible, 31,103 verses in your Bible. All of them are examples that show us something. They guide us. They lead us. They inspire us. And so it is today in Romans chapter 4. In Romans chapter 4, we get there, and the great apostle Paul He's going to use an example because he knew that this was to be true. So he's going to use the example of a man named Abraham. Everybody say Abraham. Abraham. He's going to use this because he has a point to make. He wants to show what an example of faith looks like. And so he's going to use an old dead guy by this time. He's going to use a guy named Abraham. He's going to use him as an example. He knew that to the Jewish mind that day, to the Jewish heritage, they would have known who he was. And so he's going to use him as an example of faith. And Abraham, it's, it's amazing. Abraham, he, he shows us that real people can be in real right standing with a real God. This is really where I, what I want to encourage you in today, that real people, you can write this on your notes or turn your notes over, whatever you want to do, jot it in your phone and please take notes. Hopefully something today resonates with you. And really, I hope to encourage your faith and lift it up a little bit. But, but he, he, we learn from Abraham, real people, can be in real right standing with a very real God. Now, to get things started, here's what I think we need to do. I think we need to define some terms. And a lot of these terms, Pastor Ida did an incredible job last week. So really, I just, I'm going to copy some of her message from last week and give these to you again. Because here's the deal. We need to, we kind of need to reset. I mean, I know I do. Every time I read a new chapter of Romans, I kind of need a refresher of, hey, man, what does this actually mean? And so I want to give you three terms that I think that are going to help you today. The first one is faith. Everybody say faith. 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 Here's what faith is. It's a firm persuasion. It's a belief. When you look this word up in the Hebrew, in the, in the old language, it, man, there's, there's something that plays together. There's a couple things that play together, like trust and belief, and that's what makes up faith. You have to have a certain amount of belief in a thing to have faith in that thing. But really, even in the old language, there's, there's like this, this, this connotation of like leaning on something, like, like 
to be able to, lean, to have faith in something to like lean into it. Like I wouldn't lean into this TV stand right here. Like I, I just wouldn't do that because it's, it's not built to withstand me. Like if I just leaned on it, I'd fall over. Everyone would laugh. Probably get a lot of hits on Instagram. But, it, it, you know, it's just not. But if somebody was bigger, stronger, taller than me that could sustain me, I could lean into them, right? So that's what, that's what faith is. Man, it's interesting in the Bible. There are some things that we're not supposed to lean into. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, do not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. Or he will, some translations say, make your paths straight. So there are some things we're not to lean into, but then there are some things that we are to lean into. So faith, and, and this is going to be a big deal. We're going to see this all throughout Romans chapter 4. So faith is a big one. Here's the second one. Pastor Ida killed this one last week. It's justification. Everybody say justification. justification. So justification, this is acquittal and acceptance. This is a judge declaring someone righteous. They are declared good to go. They are declared innocent. And this is amazing. This is acquittal of any crimes of which you stand accused and accepted. Pastor Ida said it like this last week, that we're not just acquitted in front of God, but we are accepted. And not just accepted, moreover, we are, we are celebrated. And I love that. And that's what this is. Another way I like to say this is justification. Just if you need like another play on words is just as if I had never sinned. So when we talk about justification, when that word comes up, it, it really means like I'm returned back to the state before I messed up, before I sinned. It's just as if I had never sinned. That's what justification is, and it's a beautiful, beautiful word. Here's the third one, righteousness. Everybody say righteousness. Come on, if you're online, type that right now in the chat, righteousness, R-I-G-H. All right, I'll mess it up, but you know how to spell it. <laughs> righteousness, righteousness. This is right standing with God. So as we read today, and as, as you hopefully in your own time, as we get out of this service and throughout the week, you'll read the scripture. And as you see this, this, I want you to just have these running definitions so that you'll know and you'll be able to understand, okay, this is what God's word is trying to say. But righteousness, this is right standing with God. Now hold this here. You say, Pastor Isaiah, why, why does righteousness matter? I think righteousness, I think this is the goal. But why does it matter? And I'm glad that you ask. It, it, it matters, right? Standing with God matters because someday, I hate to be morbid, but someday you and I will pass away. There'll be, a, God knows the time, God knows the day, he knows the way, but someday we'll pass away and it will matter on that day if you are in right standing with God. I don't know about you, but I want to be in right standing with God on that day and I hope that day is so long from now, but at some point it's coming for you and for I and it will matter if we're in right standing with God. Now that's that's down in the future whenever that is. But, but this matters right now. Righteousness, being in right standing with God, it matters right now. I, I say it matters right now because man, I think if we're going to get God's blessings and his benefits, his favor on our life, we've got to be in right standing with him, right? And I don't say that to say, like, I want God's blessings and his benefit and his favor just so I can hoard it to myself or, or just so I can get, get, get out of life. I don't say it like that. I just say, like, man, if I'm going to be a blessing to those around me, man, like, Man, let me be in right standing with God. This matters right now because if we're going to get God's favor over our life and, and his blessings, the benefits, let me say it, let me put it like this. If you play by God's rules, you get God's results. So it's just that simple. Like when we do things God's way, we get God's results and we're in right standing with him. And so today, here's what I want to do. I just want to give us some principles. If righteousness is the goal, to be in right standing with God, I want to give us some principles to that. And so here's the first one. Righteousness doesn't come 
from good works. Yeah, if we're going to get this, you need to understand righteousness doesn't come from good works. All right, so I told you we're going to be in Romans chapter 4. So let's, let's read just the first three verses. We'll see this. It's right there in the text. It says this. What then shall we say that Abraham, our forefather, according to the flesh discovered in this matter? So he's picking up from where he left off in Romans chapter 3. Now he's getting into chapter 4. All right, it says this. If, in fact, Abraham was justified, so he was made right, declared right before God by works, he had something to boast about but not before God. So Paul's here. All Paul is saying here is like Abraham didn't have anything to boast about before God. In other words, he wasn't a perfect person. He didn't have everything put together. He wasn't just this flawless, had this stunning resume. No, no, no. Like, and, and none of us do as, as well, right? Like we're all real people and we don't have anything to boast about before a good, gracious, and holy God. None of us are just so cool that before God we're like, yo, my record's clean. None of us are like that. And, and, and he says this, is, says this about Abraham. But then he says this. What does the scripture say? Abraham, what's this word? He believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. All right. So you're probably like, okay, what? Like, like bring me into the story. What, what is Paul referring to? Paul here is referring to an event that happened in Genesis, chapter 15, verses 5 and 6. I want to take you there. God tells uh, Abraham, and at the time it was Abram. He says, Abram, Abram, come outside. So he took him outside and he said, look up at the sky and count the stars if indeed you can count them. Then he said to him, so shall your offspring be. Pause here. Abram had no kids. We didn't read it, but in this chapter he is 86 years old. Everybody say, that's old. It, it just, it just it, he, he didn't have no kids. He, he's past the, the time where he should, he should be having kids. But, but God says, look up at the stars in the sky. Can you count them? Abram, no, I can't. Okay, that's how many descendants you're going to have. God made him this promise. Then it says, Abram believed the Lord. We're going to come back to these three words in a little bit, in a few more minutes. But it said that he believed the Lord, and he, talking about God, credited it to him as righteousness. Now, here's what I want you to see. I want you to see God made a promise to Abraham, or Abram at the, at the time, Abram. Abram believed it, and that alone gave him right standing. What we say righteousness was is right standing with God. That alone gave him right standing with God. This is incredible. This is a part from work. So what Paul was doing was writing to the church at Rome. He's letting them know, hey, he didn't have all this stuff. Like, he didn't have this stunning resume. He wasn't just this perfect person. No, he simply believed God, and by faith, that's what got him the right standing with God, because he simply believed the Lord. And so Paul writes this in verses 4 through 8. He's like, all right, you guys don't believe me. Let me use somebody else from the Old Testament that you would understand. Then he begins to quote David from Psalm chapter 32. It says this, now to the one who works... Wages are not credited as a gift, but as an obligation. Hold here. So in other words, some of us tomorrow, we're going to go and punch in the time clock, right? We're going to go to work. We're gonna, oh, well, actually, tomorrow's a holiday. So on Tuesday, you're going to go. Some of us, you might be working. I don't know. But either way, when you get paid for your job, that's not a gift. Like when you get paid, no one goes to their boss and says, oh, thank you so much for this paycheck. Oh, my. I, man, thank you so much. I don't go. Pastor Jason, oh, man, thank you so much. We don't do that, right? That's an obligation. I work, you pay me, right? It's easy. Everyone say it's easy. Right? So he's saying, listen, like anybody who works for something, 
and they get, the, they get that which they work for, man, that, man that, that's an obligation. Now keep going. It says this, however, to the one who does not work but trusts God who justifies the ungodly, their faith is credited as righteousness. So and essentially what he's saying is, check this out, God justifies or God makes right, declares right the people who are ungodly. So why do we think that I get right standing with God by that which I do? David says, no, 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 like, listen, nah, man, like, God justifies the ungodly, and it's their faith that's credited as righteousness. Let's keep going to the next verse. It says, David says the same thing when he speaks of the blessedness of, of the one to whom God credits righteousness. Keep going. Apart from works. Blessed are those whose transgressions, so watch this. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one, give me the next one. Yeah, there it is. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord will never count against him. Pause here. David said the person that's blessed is the person that's messed up. In other words, our righteousness does not come from good works. Our sins are covered and we're blessed because of that. But to sin, you are a sinner. So what Paul is trying to write to them and let them know is that, check this out, righteousness does not come from good works. Abraham was declared righteous not because he did everything right, but, but because he simply believed God. So many of us, we struggle in this area. Many of us are caught up trying to do the right thing. We're, we're caught up trying to do stuff to, to, to make ourselves right before God. And it's about balancing the scales. And if I do something bad over here, then I got to go over here and do something good. I got to make it everything equal. And that, friends, is not what Paul is teaching here. And that is not what the gospel is. Man, you can't do anything to be right before God other than have faith. Does this make sense to you today? Like, we can't do anything. Like, it's, it's nice to do things. And, and I think Paul would say later, too, like, it's good to have fruits. That, that, so, so don't mishear me, right? Like, there should be proof or verification that, okay, you are a Christ follower. But to be square one, right, standing with God, we can't do anything to get that. Does that make sense? We can't just, there's like no amount of, like, good that we could do. And he says, Abraham, man, he's counted righteous before he did anything. He simply just believed God, can you imagine man, how terrible heaven would be if we could all earn our way there? That would be a horrible place, right? That would be a horrible place. You want to know why it would be a horrible place? It's because you have somebody over here that's like, yo, I got here to heaven because look at all the stuff I did. Then you'd have somebody over here that's like, yo, listen, man, look how much I did. What you did was cute, cool, but I got here because of doing all this. Then you'd have somebody over here saying, look, man, I'm, I, I'm so good and I'm so cool. Look at, all the stuff. look at all the team access meetings I went to. Look at all the giving I did. Then you'd have somebody over here and say, look at my perfect attendance. At your, that would be a terrible place, right? I don't think heaven's going to be like that, friends and family. I think heaven's going to be a place where we say, I'm here by the grace of God. I'm not here because I did anything. There'll be people in heaven probably that will shock us who's there. Don't look at nobody. Don't, don't, don't. Hey, he's talking about you. No. <laughs> Somebody might be looking at you. They might, they might, I'm shocked you're there. Online, don't look at nobody. Don't say, hey, come over here. He's talking about you. No. It's going to shock us, I think, and some of the people that get there. Because it's not about our, our works and what we can do to get right standing with God. Abraham is a great example of faith because he simply believed the promise of God. 
This is an incredible truth that the Apostle Paul is writing about. Man, heaven would be such a bad place if that was the case. But I love this. The Bible uses the word that it was credited. It's a banking term. In other words, before God, Abraham had an account that was negative. It was not perfect. You and I, we're real people. We are not perfect. Who's messed up this week? Come on, raise your hand. Let's be honest. Oh, none of y'all? Okay, so I, let's try this again with honesty in God's house. Who's messed up this week? Okay, some of y'all still, man, we're praying for y'all because some of y'all still like, I'm not raising my hand. I didn't mess up. All right, here's the deal. It was credited. So in other words, his account before God, it said it was credited. Credit's a good thing, right? He had a negative account before God because he was not perfect. But when he believed, it changed over to the positive, and it was a credit. But it was through his belief, his faith, not because he had done anything. Now, later on, Moses, or Moses, Abram would do some things, and that's fine. I don't think the Apostle Paul was against people uh, trying to do things. Like, again, there should be some verification that you are a Christ follower. There should be some of that. But square one, to be right with God, simply takes belief, and I love that. I found this seven years ago, 2016. i got to give this to you. Lifeway Research, they did a, a survey, survey. This is crazy. They said 77% of Americans say that they must contribute their own effort for personal salvation. 77 That means a lot of people in this room still are fighting and facing this concept that we got to do something in order to be right with God. Check this out. They kept doing some research, and they found 52% of people say that good deeds help them earn a spot in heaven. It's more than half. Family, I just want to encourage you that our righteousness, our right standing with God does not come from good works. Good works are good. Does God appreciate those? Absolutely. But do those alone get you right standing with God? No. And this is what the great Apostle Paul is writing. I think when we get this in our hearts, I think if you'll really get this, you'll get the grace and the mercy and the favor of God in your heart. I think, man, you'll raise your hands just a little bit higher in worship. Sometimes we make fun of people and we're like, yo, man, that person's singing way off key and really loud. Again, don't look at nobody. Somebody was doing it today. But we look at those people and it's like, yo, what are they doing? Like, what's that all about? It may just be that person understands. It's not about what I've done. It's about what he's done. It may just be they've caught the realization that, you know what? I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace through faith. You might end up being that person next week because this realization will hit you this week. You'll come back next week just a little bit louder. Because guess what? That stirs something in your faith when you realize, man, it's not about me. It's not about what I can do. It's about what he's already done for me in the work of Jesus Christ at the cross. Come on. Is somebody, is somebody grateful for God's grace and favor? Oh, man, this is good. doesn't come from good works. Check this out. It doesn't even come from the right circumstances. It doesn't Righteousness, right standing with God, doesn't come from the right circumstances. We're going to talk about two circumstances that I see. We're not going to run through every single verse for the sake of time. But there are two that I see the Apostle Paul writes about. The first one is this. It's the circumstance of circumcision. Now, if, you, if you're not squirming in your seat a little bit, just ask your mom and dad, what does that word mean? Parents, my bad. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> But Paul's going to go on and he's going to write verses 9 through 12. He's going to write 
about Abraham was circumcised about 13, 14 years later when he was 99. Side note, time out from the message. When I go to heaven, when I see Abraham, I'm going to be like, yo, my man, what are you doing? That's a whole situation. Like, we need to talk about this. All right, <laughs> back to the story. But, but Paul, the apostle Paul, he's talking about that Ab- Abram. So check this, follow the timeline. Genesis chapter 15, Abram is named Abram which means exalted father. He's a father. He doesn't even have any kids, but God makes him a promise. He believes, and he is credited righteousness. Jump over two chapters, Genesis chapter 17. He's now 99 years old, and he takes, he takes the sign of circumcision, which to the Jewish hero of the day, to the, Jewish, the Jew of that day, they took that serious. And he does take that, but Paul just tells them, listen, like he was credited righteousness like 14 years, 13, 14 years before he took this physical sign. Right? So he, he, he was, he's justified. He was made right before God, even way before this, this physical sign. Then Paul goes on to write in, in, uh, about the circumstance of the law is what I call it. The Jews of that day, they were very particular about uh, being circumcised. We got to be circumcised so we can be uh, right before God. Man, we got to be, we got to follow the law so we can be right before God. And Paul's saying, no, like, Abraham was justified. He was made right, declared right before God before any of these things, before these circumstances. And it's incredible. I don't think Paul was against people trying to live right, trying to do things right. It's just that those things alone would not get them right standing with God. And so we see this in these verses. And you can read these later. But he says, look, like, like the, the, the Mosaic law, the law of Moses. He's like, Paul says, listen, that came way after Abram. And Abraham, it came way after, it came like 400, 430 years after. So it couldn't have been those things. It couldn't have been the right set of circumstances for Abram or Abraham to be righteous before God. No, it was before all of this. It was because he believed in God. And then in verse 16, you can read it later, verse 16 of Romans chapter 4, Paul says this, that anybody who believes and has faith like Abraham, that person, there'll be a son or a daughter of his. If, if we believed as he did. And so when in my church growing up, we used to sing this song. It was like, Father Abraham, have many sons. All right, if you don't know that song, here's what I need you to do. Go to Spotify or iTunes or Apple Music. Type in Cedarmont Kids. Hit this album, track four. I got you. You'll know the song by the end of the day, okay? And he says, but that's where we get this song from. And I used to sing this song like, Father Abraham, my dad's not Abraham. Who's this? And so, um, but, but this is where this comes from. Because Paul says, hey, anybody that believes like that, oh, man, that, that's a son or a daughter of Abraham, and that's where we get this song. So you may be able to go on, what, like 23andMe or Ancestry. I did Ancestry a long time ago. You may be able to maybe trace back who, is, who are your earthly parents. But spiritually speaking, your daddy is Abraham. Who's your daddy? Ab- okay. <laughs> yeah, I got weird. Edit that out of the, the tape. <laughs> but spiritually speaking, that's what Paul is saying. That Listen, like we all trace back spiritually. Those of us, we, we trace back spiritually. If we have that same faith, we trace back spiritually to Abraham because he's using him as this great example. Our righteousness, it doesn't come from the right set of circumstances. It just doesn't. Um, so I've been a youth pastor a while now. I can remember the first time, this is years ago, the first time a student came to me and he's like, Pastor Isaiah, he was hyped, high energy, excited. Pastor Isaiah, you'll never believe it. I'm like, yo, what just happened? He's like, yo, one of the guys at my school who I know, he's a basketball player, he has over 100,000 followers on Instagram. 
I was like, all right, that's, that's cool, that's cool. And what I realized in this moment, like, times have changed. Because, like, when I was, I mean, I'm not that old, but when I was, when I was going back in my day, like, I didn't even get a phone until I was, like, 17, 18 years old. Anybody else like me? Like, you just didn't get a phone. Okay, like, I didn't get a phone. And the phone I did get was not a smartphone. It was, like, this, I don't know. Like, like I think the Blackberry Pearls were coming out when I was, like, like that tells you. I, so I was just, like, I was struck by this. Like, if you wanted to be viral or famous or something like that in my day, it's, like, you had to have, like, the big old, like, camcorder, right? You had to catch an event at the right time. Then you had to send it into America's, you know, funniest home videos or whatever, and then hope somebody watches it, right? Like, the circumstances were, like, they had to be right. But nowadays, it's different. Nowadays, all the time, students are like, yo, I go to, fam- uh, to school with somebody who's famous. They're on TikTok. Or their video just got 10,000 views or something like that. It's crazy. I went back um, this week and looked at that, the, the young man that, that my youth student was talking about. This dude, this, he's like 23. He has 670,000 followers on Instagram. He ain't doing nothing. I'm like, what the heck? Like, how is this? I don't know. But it's a different day and age, right? Like, like the circumstances now, as long as you have a cell phone and Instagram, I mean, you can, you can blow up, I guess. What I'm trying to tell you guys and, and us today is, Right standing only requires faith. We don't need a whole certain set of circumstances to line up. Right standing with God, righteousness, it comes by faith in God. So many times we think, man, I got to do this stuff, or I got to come from the right family, or I got to have this set in order in my life. It's got all my circumstances have to kind of be set up and set in motion. And if that all that lines up, then God will will accept me. And then it's not like that. Righteousness comes, family, by faith in God. This is what the great apostle Paul is writing. Eight verses here I want to read. I know it's going to be a chunk. Stay with me because this is beautiful. I love it. This is how he closes out Romans chapter 4. It says this, that against all hope, Abraham in hope believed and so became the father of many nations. So check this out. God gave Abraham, Abram, a promise. He said, you're going to be the father of many nations. Man, you can't count the stars. You're not going to be able to count your descendants. I'm going to do that for you. So Abraham, in hope, he believed. He so became the father of many nations. Just as it had been said to him, so shall your offspring be. Remember, we read that in Genesis. Without weakening in his, what's this word? His faith, this trust, this belief, this leaning on God. Without weakening in his faith, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah, his wife, her womb was also dead. Pause here. So, again, this is referencing this event that happened, Genesis chapter 17. He says, man, he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't weaken his faith. It's crazy because God gave him the promise like 14 years earlier, Genesis chapter 15, which we read today. And then God waits. God, like, waits till his body and the wife of his body, they are as good, the Bible says, as dead. God waits to make sure, oh, man, when I do this for him, he will know it is me. Let's keep reading. It says, yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his, what's this word? And he was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Being fully persuaded. I love that. Somebody needs to write that down, you know, fully persuaded. He took the promise of God and he was fully persuaded that God had the power to do what he had promised. This is why it was credited 
to him as righteousness because he was fully persuaded. He took God at his word. I love that. The words that was credited to him were written not for him alone. Here's the hope for us, but also for us to whom God will credit righteousness for us who believe in him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. I love, I love this. This faith, this firm persuasion, this belief. I love that. This is what Abram, Abraham, turned, he turned into Abraham. He went from exalted father Abram to Abraham, the father of many. And so he went to this, 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 on this journey with God. I love this. Verse 19 says that God made the promise. Oh, man, but God waited even more time so that when he showed up, man, God would get all the glory. And I love that he was fully persuaded. I love even in this. I told you your Bible has 1,189 chapters. And though there are great examples in here, it's still all about one person, and that's Jesus. And I love this, that Paul sees right through the story of Abraham, and he sees Jesus. He says that, man, that basically what he says is that same energy that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. He used that energy to quicken Abraham's body, and he was able to have children. I love this. Righteousness comes by faith in God. This is how you get, how do I become right before God? Man, I have faith in him. What I want you to see is, and we, we pointed it out earlier. I told you we'd come back to it. Is that Abraham believed God. The Bible doesn't say that he, he believed the promise. Now, did he believe the promise? Absolutely. But he said that he believed God. The object of Abraham's belief and faith and trust and hope was God. Let me say it to you like this. Abraham didn't just believe the promise, but he believed the promise giver. Let me say that again. Abraham just didn't believe the promise, but he believed the promise giver. In other words, he was attaching his faith to the character and to the, to the nature of God. And friends, that is the core, that's the meat, that's the essence of faith, is that our faith would be put in God. Not just what God says and, and the promises, those are great and do that, but bigger than that, our faith goes into the one who can keep those promises. Does this make sense to you? Our faith, that's where it should be. Okay, I was in a leadership class one time, and Professor Starts the class. I may have shared this before, but I think it's so appropriate to share it again. He throws up these letters on the screen. It's crazy because I'm like, yo, this is not like Greek class. Like, what is this? What are these letters? And so he began to teach us that as leaders, people are going to follow us. Not for our smile, although I try to work hard on mine. Not for our personality, not for our charisma, none of that. He said, man, you are going to be a leader worth following if you do what you say you will do. I said, man, that's pretty cool. Friends, God is a God who does what he said he would do. This is why Abraham, it was credited as righteousness unto him because he took God at his word and he said, okay, God, you promised it? All right, let's take it to the bank and let's see it. Does this make sense to you? God is a God that does what he said he would do. I love this part because this is what we have to understand. 
that if God promised something, he is going to fulfill it. God's word says that he's a healer. When will he heal me? How will he heal me? I don't know, but I just know that if I take him at his word, he is a healer. Come on, somebody. God's word said that he's a provider. How will he provide? When will he provide? In what manner? In what way? I don't know. I just know that his word said that he's a provider. God is a comforter, and that's great. When I need comfort, how is he going to comfort me? I don't know. I just know that his word says he can do what it is he said he can do. Oh, man, it's so beautiful. It's like, like, like our faith needs, just, needs to just be in him. I love Paul would write in Ephesians 3.20 that God's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that you can ask, think, or immeasurably more. Like, it's just crazy. God can do it. But do we believe him? Do we take him at his word? Man, Abraham had every opportunity to look at his experience, to look at his intellect and just say, I don't know how this is going to happen, God. I just, I don't, no, no, no. He believed God. I wrote it down like this in my notes. I'll say it slow. You need to write this down. This will keep you and help you. It will build your faith. God promised it. Abraham believed it. That settled it. This is the way that Abraham lived his life. God promised it. Abraham believed it. And that settled it. He said, I can take his word to the bank because he is a God that can do what it is. The Bible said it. God was able to do what it is he said he was going to do. Okay, so here's how I want to close today. I got a question, and then I got a challenge for you today. Here's my question. I'm going to put up this thing. I just call this a faith meter. So I put up this faith meter for you, and I want you to self-examine right now in this moment where you are. Maybe you're online, you're in the, in the car, maybe you're at a coffee shop, maybe at home, wherever you are. I want you to look at this, and where would you say you are today? How full of faith and belief in God? Let me move this. How full of faith and belief in God are you? Just be honest. I'm not going to ask you to answer and tell me. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. Nothing, but just, man, where are you? When it comes to what God said in his word, do you believe that he can do what it is he said he can do? I'll tell you what, right now, Abraham lived right here. He was full of faith and belief in God. He was, verse 21, Romans 4, 21 said he was fully persuaded that the promise of God was going to come true in his life. It didn't matter what his experience looked like. It didn't matter what his intellect was telling him. He was fully persuaded. But where are you? moment of transparency, I probably land right in the middle, probably occasionally full. I'll be honest, even as I was prepping this message this week, I started to get convicted. Like, I'm a Christ follower, and why don't I live full of faith in God? Man, like, what, what do I need to do? So my question to you is, man, where do you find yourself today? And here's my challenge, three words, be like Abraham. If you're a believer in this room and you know what the Bible says, you know the promises of God, then be like Abraham. If you know it, live right there. Why aren't you living? What else does God need to do to prove to you that he is who he said? Either he's a healer or he's not. Either he's a faithful God or he's not. Either he's a comforting God or he's not. Either he's a giving God or he's not. So if we're believers, the challenge for us is like, man, why am I not living right there where Abraham's living? And what do I need to do to change that? Maybe it's praying, God, increase my faith in you. God, man, what? God, restart me. Let me have faith in you anew, afresh, again. 
If you're not a believer in this room, you haven't yet to put your faith in Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to say to you. Today is a perfect day to do so. Oh, we just read just one chapter of scripture today, but I can tell you all of these chapters point to the fact that God can do what he said he's going to do. It may not look like how you think. It may not come in the way that you thought, but he is a faithful God. And if you put your trust, your hope, you lean on him, you will not be you will not be disappointed. You will not be put to shame. He would never do that because he is a God that does what he said he would do. If you believe that, would you make some noise in here? Woo! Maybe you're online with us today. Here's what I want to do. I want to pray over you. Everybody bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray over you today. Then here's what I want to do. I'm going to pray over us. And then I'm just going to invite you. If you're somebody, you're sitting here, you're like, yo, I have yet to put my full weight, my full trust, my full belief in God. I'm going to invite you in just a moment just to make that decision. I'm not going to embarrass you, but as soon as I'm done praying over all of us, I'll just, I'll invite you to just repeat something after me and then we'll be dismissed to have a great day. But God, I pray right now in this room, ooh, that Romans 4 would come alive in our hearts. Righteousness, right standing with you, God, it doesn't come from good works. It doesn't come from the right set of circumstances, but it comes by faith in you. Those of us that have already put our trust in you, Lord, I pray that you would help our faith to rise up a little bit more and to be like Abraham. Take you at your word. Be fully pers persuaded, fully convinced that you are a God that does what he said he would do. Help us in that today.